to One Size Fits All, a podcast where we talk a little bit about everything and a whole lot about nothing. I'm Rachel. And I'm Chris. And today is Sunday, December the 4th, 2022. Woohoo. We are in December now. I can't believe we're already in December, Rachel. We are in December, and we are coming to you with a very interesting and somewhat controversial topic today. Controversy? I love controversy. I know you do. I knew this was going to be fun. Aren't you guys excited to join us for this one? This will be a good one. What's our topic, Rachel? Today, we are talking about the fact that many churches apparently are not holding services on Christmas Day. Say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Yeah, there's something not right about that. There's a lot of things not right about that. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm excited. Church is closing. Church is closing. Seems wrong. For Christmas. What? Like, do they not know what Christmas is about? Yeah, I know. It's, it's it, in the name. It just seems so backward. And these are genuinely what we would accept as Christian brothers and sisters that are saying this. I mean, these are some people are fairly close to us. Yes, absolutely. And, and these some churches, you know, it's like, obviously, they're probably not following what we would follow anyways. And I see where the, why they're closing because they don't really have true faith anyways. But the ones that shock me are the ones that I would genuinely say they're fairly sound churches and with the word. Yeah. And there's it's there are a couple of churches that have announced it. And I was kind of surprised. And then there's others that I was not as surprised about. But seriously, I, this just shocks me. So today we're going to dig into this. Be, bear with us because this is going to be fun and all over the place and crazy at the same time. And I'm not hoping, but I'm probably going to offend people. And that's okay. Because truth sometimes offends and that's okay. It can also convict. God offends. Yeah. And just because you're offended, don't let the message not reach you. Right. My heart is because I love everybody. I, well, okay, I, I have, I want everybody else to have the love of God. Let's put it that way, right? I want that opportunity for everybody. And I want to dig into what is truthful, what we're supposed to do, and things like that. And sometimes the way I present things, people miss where my heart intention is behind it. Right, because they hear more of the words and less of the intention. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And they're not, and, and unless they you know me, right, I'm kind of a hard guy to really understand. Right. You can be tough to figure out, especially if you haven't known you for a long time. I've known you for 22 years and I, I've got you figured out pretty well. Sometimes you still surprise me once in a while, but I've pretty much got you figured out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You got me pretty figured out, so. But, but my intention here is not necessarily to offend somebody or to make somebody mad or say my way or the highway. But there are truths. That's something, too. Truth is just truth. There's not your truth and my truth. It, truth is truth. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're digging into. Awesome. Let's do it. You ready? Sure. Okay. So as we dig in the discussion, I think we have to come to a couple of things. And let's just get it right off the bat. What is the purpose of Christmas? It is not for the presents under the tree. It's not I like for presents. I, I know. Me too. I like being surprised. and I love the pretty paper. It's not for the lights, even though I love putting up my Christmas tree and putting up all the pretty lights and going through towns and seeing all the pretty lights. It's fun. Sugar cookies. It's not about the cookies. It's not about Santa. It is not even about the Christmas movies. It's not even about 
family get togethers. It's not about the food and the family or football or none of that. You know what Christmas is about? I think it has something to do with a barn. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I, I knew I'd throw you off a little bit on that one. No. So Christmas is all, it's right there in the title. Just take away the last three letters and what do you have? Christ. <gasps> You're so good. You, you did that right off the top of your head. I'm very proud of you. It took me a second though. You didn't have to write it out or anything. I had to take my shoes off. Oh my goodness. That's that small. Oh wait. That, yeah. <laughs> so Christmas is about Christ, the babe in the manger. The one who came to take away the sin of the world. The baby who came to die. That is what Christmas is about. And I think most people probably do acknowledge that in their head, right? Right. But here's the problem. Christmas is about that. But do we make it about that? And I think that's part of the core of the problem of today's conversation. Do we make that the priority? Correct. Right. Because we kind of see Christmas, especially I think in our country, in the United States, it is a very commercialized event. I mean, just like any other holiday, it has become overly commercialized. Oh, right? absolutely. But to the point, I've been into multiple stores. There's been stores I've been to. I see no trace of the word Christmas. I don't see manger scenes anymore displayed in most common stores anymore. Any of that. Christ has been taken out of a lot of things. And when you're not inundated with it, it can be easy to look it over. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's not like you're going to Target or Walmart or something and you just see baby Jesus everywhere or the cross even or anything right. like that. There is no indication of that. Right. I mean, anywhere. I would love that, but let's just face the fact I've been to several stores. It's just not present. I mean, you might see clings or stuff here and there, but it is pretty much disappeared from the shopping of things and it's no longer really present. I even had a hard time finding faith-based Christmas cards. But the giving of gifts is somewhat based on like the people bringing that somewhat like sort just of, loosely. Loosely, of course, in theory then we should only give one gift to each person. Well, I'm okay with and that. I kind of think we should do that, honestly. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't think there's anything wrong. If you want to give more or whatever, sure, that's fine but too. I, I but I think that would be right. a neat kind of experiment. That is good. Now, let me just play devil's advocate here for a minute. Ooh, he got the deep voice. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Now, Christ probably wasn't born on December 25th. Correct. We don't know when Jesus was actually born. Shock. I'm sorry if any of you do not know this information. Listen carefully. The Bible does not tell us the date of Jesus's birth. Right. So okay. then is Christmas, is the argument, could it be that, well, we should celebrate that Jesus came to earth all the time anyways, and Christmas is just that day for Santa Claus, Christmas cookies, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, there are people that kind of go with that theory that it doesn't because we don't know when do we celebrate but the point of christmas is to set aside the time to intentionally celebrate like we do for any other holiday now that's key right there and you know very well how i feel about certain days of holidays especially because of the job i'm in where i'm gone all week the holiday might happen on a tuesday or wednesday so or my birthday partake, or right. whatever and i can't necessarily partake and i don't care what day we celebrate as long as we take the time to whatever that is we think about that 
And that's really what it is. Same thing with something like communion. It doesn't really matter if your church does it every week or the first of every quarter like ours or, you know, whatever. It's not necessarily a certain day that matters, but it's the fact that we're taking the time and we just, we all come together and say, okay, this is the day for us to think about that. Right. So there's your argument, right? right. Against my but argument. We have a set accepted standard for Christmas. So regardless of the fact that it's probably not when Jesus was born, this came about in the 300s when this was decided, I believe, to have it on the 25th. We're not going to get into all the reasons behind that because that takes forever. But regardless of when Jesus was born, I think it is nice to take the time out and, and more intently focus. Now, I think you should be focused on Jesus every day. Okay. But I think to take the time out and, and honor the moment of when God came to earth is a very awesome thing. Well, and getting back to making December 25th. Okay. That's something now we've all agreed upon that that's Christmas. That's Christmas Day. Whether you're a believer or not, that's Christmas Day. Correct. We all agree with that. Yes. And so us as Christians, that's Jesus's birth. Right. All these things. Do we then make it all about Jesus? Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the non-Christians, the non-churchgoers, the, non the people that might just not know, right? They're just ignorant of what this is all about in Christ and all these things. Maybe they're not brought up in the church or whatever. Do you think they actually do think about Jesus? Because most people know that that's what Christmas is really about, at least in their head. So do you think maybe they're, even though we see all this other stuff, like the lights and all that, I wonder if those non-believers, those non-followers are actually thinking about Jesus more than they ever do any other time of the year. Oh, absolutely. I think that's evidence because most people, some only go to church on Christmas and Easter. Right. right. So now you see that. Now you have these people that are the convenient Christians, right? Like right. you like to say. Yes. The holiday attendees. <laughs> We've got them, right? We've got that hook. We've got that sales pitch out there for them. Yes. And here we are. These churches are closing. That doesn't make sense. Right. This is actually one of the days of the year that you tend to have more people in your pews is on Christmas and Easter. Christmas especially, because there are a lot of people that will come over Christmas than Easter, actually. So Christmas is the biggest church holiday of the year as far as numbers of people in those seats, okay? According to a church pew study I read, okay? So to close your doors on, to let's use this verbiage, on the biggest sale day of the year seems stupid. Right. Right? I mean, would, Absolutely. You, would you close your business if you knew you were going to have twice as many people in your doors to buy stuff that day. Right. And I'm not trying to make church a business, business here. But think about the mentality that right. goes with that. Right? right. If the point of church, the purpose of church is for you to come and hear the gospel preach. And on Christmas is to hear the story of Jesus' birth, to, to be reminded or to learn for the first time why we gather together. Why would you take that away from people who at this time of the year may need it more than anyone else? Absolutely. Like that crushes my spirit, to be honest with you. Now, when we started talking about this a little bit, I did go online and I just wanted to see what people were saying about this, do a quick, very quick search. And I came across this website, reformedmargins.com. And it's not a that website that I would ever come across, right? It's just on my DuckDuckGo random search that I did. So your ducks found this? Absolutely. 
And what I found out is the so this reformed margins place is actually for minority groups, which I suppose I don't fit into, but and the reformed church, right? All across okay. the nation. So it's really geared towards minorities. People. But they made some great points and they had this article called Five Reasons You Shouldn't Cancel Church After Christmas. And they're talking about in general. I think this was actually wrote a few years ago. And they're just talking in general. The reason we're bringing it up now is because, in case you didn't know, here in 2022, Christmas Day is on Sunday, and that's when most churches come together. It's on the Lord's Day. Like, right. Seriously. The Sabbath, all right, those things, like, right? I think it's yeah. perfectly planned myself. But So there are five main reasons, and we'll kind of dig into this a little bit one at a time here. The first one, and they they really dug into it. I just took a few minutes to kind of briefly go over it. But the first one is we take community away from those who need it. We're and that's just exactly what that. we're talking about. Right. These people that might not be churchgoers, they need Jesus. Everybody needs we Jesus, all need Jesus, right? I need Jesus. You need Jesus. Amen, brother. All you listeners need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus. I have a exactly. shirt that says that. So you're taking away the people that need it the most, right? The lost. They need yeah. Jesus more than anybody because they don't even know him. Right. And they're, they're, people are hungry and thirsty for the truth. They really are. Right. And here, on a day when you have these people's attention, you're not even giving them the opportunity. Right. So think about it like that. If you have a lost soul who's searching and they came to your church doors and the, and the doors are closed, what is that saying to them as one who is searching? Think absolutely. about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm extremely hurt by the thought of that lost soul. I want you to come in. I want you to be fed and watered. And I want you to see that grace is available for you. Yeah, most definitely. All right. <laughs> next one. There, there's going to be a lot here. I think this is going to be a really long podcast. So thank you for Stick being here. Thank now. you, listeners. Yeah, it's fun. We withhold the ordinary means of grace. Now, when I read the brief thing, and I don't know their theology, I don't know any of that stuff. It seemed kind of weird to me, but you seemed like that hit you when I first mentioned this to you, Rachel. Yeah. So like God has, you know, grace that we're all bestowed, right? We see God's hand all around us. Okay. We all see a, a sunrise and a sunset and a rainbow. We are all seeing evidence of God's grace bestowed upon us. So grace meaning not what we deserve. Sort basically. of. Grace is unmerited favor. Okay. Okay. So giving us stuff that we don't we necessarily don't deserve. deserve. Okay. And gotcha. I think that that's part of, I didn't read the article you read, but that is something I would think they'd probably allude to somewhere along the line is because if, if your doors are shut, you can't show that grace. You can't tell them their need for grace. And they also can't see the general grace that God gives them by having the church open. Yeah. And it almost felt like even for not necessarily the lost, but the people that would regularly attend even you're withholding that grace that they get by attending right. every week. Because they right? need to be fed too. Yeah, and that's kind of where they went down to it. And they almost present it like that's the grace. It's almost given to you by the church, and I don't get I down don't, that yeah. road, right? But it's still, overall, that's a good summary concept, right. right? Next one is we communicate a self-sufficient gospel. Wow. That's, wow. That's, that's huge, right? Because in this day and age, YouTube's everywhere podcasts are oh everywhere. Right. Yeah, I mean, right? I know where are I learn more theology probably from YouTube than anywhere else, honestly. Hey, I have a YouTube channel you should check out. Yeah, there you go. What is that? <laughs> uh, at mini ministry. Okay, mini 
ministry, many like small, yeah. then ministry the normal way. Yes. Okay. Great. Good stuff there. Yeah, definitely. You got to check out Rachel. <laughs> She's amazing on her YouTube channel. Blow it up. Share it with everybody. She's not good at selling. <laughs> And she really needs that help. So if you are a marketer and you have a way to get her YouTube channel out there, go do it. Please <laughs> help us out. All right. Now, okay. So we communicate a self-sufficient gospel. And that's talking about, I learn a lot myself. I'm kind of a loner and stuff like that. But we need God for one, right? Yes. Obviously, we need that. We can't do this on our own. No, and, We can't and, get to heaven on our own. No, you can't. And I think that... <sighs> By us closing the doors, it's also saying where the priority is at. Self-sufficient being my time with my family, my time with myself, my time with the presence, my time with my family. These things become more important and you've knocked God out of first place. And I think that's part of the problem with the self-sufficiency of that also. Right. And maybe churches might be closed, but maybe they're doing a YouTube sermon, right? Yes. Where you could do a live stream or something right. like that. That's not okay, right? We, we need to be together as a church. Absolutely. For one, we feed off each other. We learn from each other. Worship together. Just that, right? And we'll right. get into that a little yeah. bit later yeah. on these next points. But we can't be self-sufficient as a church. Well, think about it like this, right? If you're, if you're walking down a road, right, you're going to be better walking with somebody, right? Because you have somebody else to look out with you, somebody else to see things and hear things. You're better when you're with others. And the church is the same. The body builds each other up. We're better when we're together because we can uplift one another. We can in encourage one another and we can teach one another. Yeah, most definitely. And that's, we, we got to stop thinking that we can learn everything there is. We should be taught things. We should have leaders in the church teaching us new things. Yes. Well, and we need to be okay with sitting in a church pew or seat or whatever and desiring to learn. Like, Absolutely. I think we've That's gotten, what I mean by I mean, that. we've yep. gotten to the point that we push pause on everything and everything's streamed and everything comes so fast. But there's something to be said about sitting in that pew and listening to sound teaching. Now, here's another thing, right? When you're scrolling through YouTube, a lot of times I use the search feature. Well, I'm just searching for one thing I want to know about. But church isn't like that at all. I don't get to pick the topic. <laughs> wow, right? that would be a Russian roulette church. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Let, let, we all have like keypads at our pew, you know, can where the pastor, the pastor can just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there you go. I don't think go. our pastor would like that, but that oh, sounds man, like fun. That would totally throw him off. Yes, it would. Yeah, we can't be self-sufficient. We should be relying on each other, especially as brothers and sisters in Christ. And relying upon God. God has everything worked out in his perfect timing and his providence. Why don't we trust and live in that? Yeah, most definitely. All right, that's the third point so far. We're only, okay. <laughs> you know, part way through here. What's next? We make church about the leadership. <gasps> this is talking about, you're hearing this a lot. Well, the pastors deserve time off with their family. They should be with their family for Christmas, all this. You don't want to take that away, right? And, and now you're making church about the leadership. Guess what? Church is not about your pastor. Church isn't about your congregation. Church isn't about you. It's about God. I was going to say Jesus. Well, okay, sure. All yes, of that. Right? Absolutely. It's not about all of that. And we've taken church and we've made it. I love what our pastor said. I think he said it last week too. It's not about what you're going to get. What are you giving to the church? Like we always want to take, but we go to be filled. We go to, you know, to have communion with others and do all these things. 
and it, it it's just so backwards. Our thinking has changed with what church has become. By the way, Pastor, if you're listening to this. We hope you are. I hope you are. I love you so dearly. So I can summarize this in one statement, basically. Pastor, I know you did a whole sermon based on this and a whole idea, but if you're going to church to get something, you're doing it wrong. Yep. That's it. I mean, that that's really the message. And I know you got time to fill, right? You got to fill the time. <laughs> you have a quota to me, right? <laughs> right. Um, you got to watch it, you know. <laughs> hey, right. But, right. Today went a little a long. A little longer. I love it. That's okay. Still, it was yeah. still a good one. Yeah. But yeah, and it's it's that simple. It right. really is that simple. If you're going to church to and you are expecting to get something, you're doing it wrong because you should be giving just as much as you're getting for sure. And now I so, understand, actually. like we're talking about people need to come and the loss. They need to get something for right. sure. They, right? need, they need God's forgiveness, but you are going to give back. I mean, when we go to church as believers. Why are we going? What's our intention? I go to worship. I go to bow down at the altar of my Lord. I go to just praise the great I am. And, and I, it, you know, I want to hear a good sermon. I, I look forward to being fed and being filled, but that's not why I'm going. I'm going because worshiping with my brothers and sisters, the, the Lord of the universe is greater than anything I can do all week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Getting back to our point of the, it's not about the leadership, right? Yes, I want my pastor to take a vacation, right? He needs a break too. Oh, he I mean, had one. <laughs> dealing with us, I I can't imagine having oh, he to deal with us. To have us, man, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know about we that. We challenge him. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. He challenges me too. It's a, no, it's and a that's good friendship. a good thing. Mm -hmm. It really is because, and you can't get stuck on one idea or the other, right? So many times we might look into that on YouTube or whatever, right? right? And we have something in our mind that we just know to be true because that's all we've heard. Then here comes along another idea, and that works for all sides of it, right? And and it can be even non-theological. Need to be happens, open but... to this stuff, mm -hmm. and I in this just in general, I don't like to just listen to a lesson or seminary or college or whatever it is and just take it for truth. I'm very bad at being a student. Right. I'm yes. very good at learning, yes. but I'm very bad at being a student because I'm not just going to listen to the teacher and take their word as truth. But that's my favorite kind of student, honestly. I want a student who desires to know why, who and goes I, further, I, you know. I think that's probably the struggle as a church as a whole. Yeah. Is so many people just are taught something and then that just becomes their truth forever without thinking about it. Right. The and thinking that, and part is the important part. That's part of the reason the church has failed for, for several years going on now is because people aren't opening up their Bibles. They're not praying about it. They're not using biblical discernment to figure those things out. It's almost like we were talking about that today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that applies here when yes. these churches are deciding to close on Christmas Day. Are they just doing it because everybody else is doing it? Are they doing it because they're just taught that, oh, it's okay, it's just a day or whatever, right. we can close it? Are they taught that their families, their, you know, actual families are the most important thing? And I have to argue that we are your family, church. God, God's my family. Right. Like, yeah, I but, belong to God. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think absolutely. we almost take that out of context, but God is our father. 
Right, like, but it, uh, on a lower yeah. end. But yeah, our church family is highly important. I consider our pastor our family. He is I our brother. I consider the yes. people sitting next to me in the pew mm-hmm. our family. Yes. Those are our family. I Absolutely. think in many ways, that's more important than maybe our parents. Even our blood relatives, right? Because there's a connection there that cannot be denied because of the love of Christ. Right. And I I love my parents, but Good. you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, it's different though right and some of my parents are probably lost yes some you know, of our family as as is lost goes. and so honestly that's not the family i should be hanging with to a degree right now i want to open it up right if they want to come to church oh, on christmas by the worry, way they've been invited <laughs> right yeah absolutely come on our doors are gonna be open. yeah exactly our church will be open Praise and i'm be. so thankful for that and in fact you and i kind of joked around like not really joke. It's a serious matter. If our church closed the doors, I might have to think about leaving because that to me is so wrong. Let's get to the last part (laughs) and why church is so important here. And that's we neglect worship. We kind of talked about that a little bit there. Church is when we go there, we should be singing praises. We should be glorifying God. We should be doing all these things and we should be doing that communally now i can't really sing very well it doesn't matter god it hears has it. nothing nope. to do with that right even nope. if you don't sing out loud i have a cause that you there. should i uh, biblically i think but you yes. should too i think you should make a joyful noise attempt right Seriously. but even it, let's say you're mute or you have a cold or whatever right it's still okay you're still mm-hmm. worshiping being in that pew together with other believers Allowing your heart to be before and the it Lord. It has nothing to do with the building. Nope. Right? It has everything to to be together. In fact, right, the birth of the church was Pentecost? Yes. And this was, I don't have the exact number because I definitely am not a detail guy when it comes to facts, right? I'm an <laughs> idea guy when it you comes to history. You need the general history, overhead, right? yes. Yep. There was a number of people together and that is when this was the first time that the holy spirit right we talk about the trinity so you got god the father god jesus and god holy spirit god Mm -hmm. being all three Mm -hmm. and each individual has their parts of the god body essentially sure the trinity yes so this was the first time at pentecost when they all come together the birth of the church yes and the Holy Spirit indwelled in literally. Them. I mean, indwell. And we talk about indwelling. What does that mean exactly? Come inside you, right? Just overcome your body, overcome your thoughts, overcome everything about you, really. Yes. This is how huge. I look at indwelling. I, I think of that indwelling is like just taking you and just flipping you upside down and saying, and okay, the, we're starting over. And I, now I came to Christ when I chose to come to Christ. That was by myself in a semi truck going down the road, right? Praise God. Absolutely. <laughs> now, yes, I'm talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And yes, that happened at that point, right? But that was not without the church as a whole, as the congregation, as the people are surrounding me, even though not physically, it still can happen that way too. And this kind of goes plain devil advocate again, right? With the YouTube thing and stuff like that. 
it's not the same because I have been physically with these other people to make that connection, whether at that exact moment didn't really matter. But the idea being when you have a whole bunch of people who gets the attention for example, right? When there's a problem or something, the bigger group of people is going to get attention. I'm not saying God's not going to pay attention to the single person out there, but at the same time, I think God is a large numbers guy. You see nations. He talks about nations. He talks about the peoples, peoples, peoples right? The people groups. Mm -hmm. And he talks about them as a whole, not necessarily individual all the time. I think it's a duality. Like so he, I think, you know, the point being is worship is supposed to be communal, communal. Absolutely. I, I went down tons of that was a different trails. Rabbit trail. Yeah. I wondered when you were going to circle sure. back there. Yeah, exactly. But the point being that it's so important for worship to be together as a church group, as a congregation, as fellow believers, to worship and praise our Lord. Amen. All right. So that was the five points. Those are good five points. There's a really good Bible verse you wanted me to bring up here. I did. And, and this kind of goes back. Not only, I, I do want to hit on, there was another time in recent history where the church is closed. Yes. And I heard this Bible verse quite a bit during that time. And that's the COVID era is yeah, what we're calling that's it. That's what we're calling it, the COVID era. And a lot of churches closed, including our own. Yes. Which I'm very, very we disturbed were, by yes, that. Yes, we were against simply because partially of what this verse says, but we felt very convicted with this verse in our own personal beliefs that the church should be open. We actually ended up opening our house and allowed church members to come to our house to, we watched the YouTube of our church online, but then we had discussion and prayer and, and singing and it was awesome. Yeah, and I hope the five reasons we just went over for... 30 minutes or so, right? That's why we should be open all the time. The church should just open, right? Like all the time. Yeah. It, especially on those days set aside, right? Yeah. On the Sunday, we should be have that and we should be able to count on that all the time. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 did come from New Living Translation. I think that's published by Tyndale. Tyndale. I don't know how all the right stuff works, but okay. there you go. That's where it comes from. Yep. So chapter 10, verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I love this verse. So the main part, right? And let us not neglect our meeting together. If we just take that portion... Pretty simple, but there is more to it. So I okay. hate taking stuff out of context. Right. But let's just stop there for just a second, okay? What I love about this verse, and let's just say it, it doesn't say neglect us me together, except for if you have a special event, except if you're on vacation, except if you... Let's stop putting commas and adding to God's word. Because I've actually heard of some churches doing that. We're closing our doors so that you can do A, B, and C. So you can... But let us not neglect meeting together. Right. In fact... Not only, this isn't every Sunday thing. I, I think we should not neglect, whether it's COVID or non, or whether it's Christmas or non, we should not neglect meeting together. It is vital as a church that we meet together to worship, to praise, to be with one another. It's vital for the health of our church and the maturity of our church. Absolutely. And that was the sermon today, right? A lot of maturity of the church. Our pastor's going to like this podcast. Yeah, I hope so. so. <laughs> I really hope he's okay, listening. So, so that's valid for that. 
Yeah, and and then it goes on, as some people do. So that's just giving an example that, hey, some people, and this is, who is this writing this? I don't believe we know the author of Hebrews. Okay. So, and as some people do. So apparently people are not meeting together. Obviously, that's a problem. Okay. And and now a con- contradiction, not a contradiction, but contrary to the first part, but, right, we have that but word. A contraction. Okay, that's what it is encourage one another so don't neglect the meeting together but do this encourage one another especially so now this is in addition so we should be doing this anyways but then over emphasis of now that the day of his return is drawing near now the day is the coming of christ second coming of christ right okay and that Gets down a whole nother. We don't know the date, the or the time, but we know right. with every day that passes, it's one day closer. <laughs> Obviously, okay. right? That's how time works. Thank you. Yeah. So, as the <laughs> if we are to prepare ourselves for the end of the age, if we are to stand firm in faith, if we are to do that, we can't do that if we're neglecting to meet together. We can't be prepared for his return if we're not together preparing as a body. Absolutely, and to learn from each other worship, all these things that we should be coming together for. Now, that's just a general statement every Sunday. Don't neglect meeting together. But then on a date as such as Christmas Day, a day that we just set aside to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, his birth, why he came, and all that goes with that, to neglect to meet on that day does, in my opinion, a disservice to the faith and a disservice to Jesus Christ. Because the entire purpose of Christmas is his birth to to see Emmanuel, God with us when heaven came down. I can't imagine anything better to glorify and to be praiseful about. And here we're closing our church doors thinking that we're allowing better to happen because you can meet with your families and you can do all this stuff, but you're neglecting the most important part. And by doing so, you're neglecting your own soul a little bit in that way. Yes, you can you can worship with your family, but brothers and sisters, it is not the same. Or you're trying to be self-sufficient. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, all these things. And sometimes they all mesh and go together. Right? But I can tell you what. Presents are not being opened Christmas morning. We're getting up. We're getting dressed. We're going to be at church. We're going to teach those children. And then we're going to sit in that pew and praise the Lord with Which, our brothers and sisters. By the way, we are teaching the children. We are. Nice. I know. And that's awesome. Because... You know what? The church should just be the church all the time. Amen. Christmas, not Christmas. COVID, not COVID. Yes. We should be different. We should be doing what we are doing. We are to be set all apart. the time, every day, 24 yes. 7. Let's do it. I totally agree. Like, and if I also wonder if part of the reason many churches are closing their doors is because they're giving in to man more than God, right? It, it's partially of that, well, like you said, are other churches doing it? So they give into that or are they giving into the commercialism or are they just trying not to create annoyance with people because they're trying to keep the peace? So, okay, hold on. Sales alert, sales alert. <laughs> you have a book coming and you have it wrote. It's in the process of editing and things like that. Re-editing. Right? <laughs> and it's literally called Convenient Christianity by Rachel Grepke. That would be me. That's you. Convenient. Convenient. I think that is the key word there. It is. This is convenience to close on Christmas. Guess what? Some people aren't going to show up and the pastor would like to travel or whatever he wants to do. 
you know what? Let's just close. That's convenient. Conveniency has zero to do with the church. Let me tell you what. I don't think a lot of things in Jesus's life were convenient. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I have to censor in- myself a little bit there because it's like... Uh, <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Right, let's just say that there was a lot of inconveniences to Christ's life, but he did it because of the importance of why he did it and what was going on, whether it be big or little. We've got to stop. Christianity is not a drive-through. You don't just drive through, get served, and move on. It should be an intense, immersive experience. Yeah, most definitely. You should feel that Holy Spirit indwelling in you all the time. I I read an article about somebody who said that um, they love going to church because it's a, it's a happy feeling. I don't want you to be happy. I want you to be convicted. I want you to cry. I want you to be okay with allowing God to change you and allowing God to show you his truth. But I think we've almost shut ourselves off to that and being like, I'm just going to church. I'm checking off a box. Done. Because we even have some people, I'll say, in our own church. I've seen that. I've heard those sim- type of statements. Just part of the reason I wrote the book, because that's troublesome to me. Allow God to mold you, to break you. You are the clay. He is the potter. Allow yourself to allow that to happen. Yeah. And you can't do that sitting at home, opening presents, sleeping in, eating cookies. You're not going to get all that stuff. Maybe. No, I was just kidding. Which, by the way, so if you're a part of our church, or if you're local and you want to bring me sugar cookies on Christmas day, bring them my way because carbs don't count on holidays. That's, I don't know where you got this theology from. So bring me cookies. No, but better yet, if you are in, we live in Northeast Indiana. If you're looking for a church, Merriam Christian Chapel, if you're here, this, you can look it up on the internet. We have a Merriam. You want to spell that for everybody? M-E-R-R-I-A-M, Merriam Christian Chapel. It's in Albion, Indiana. Yep. Our doors will be open on Christmas Day. We're having one service at 1030 in the morning. Come and worship. And yeah. And if you literally are listening to this and we don't know you and you are going to show up, find us. I would love to meet you. You can't miss us. Tall guy, short girl. come, Come into our church. We will welcome you. If you have to ask Chris and Rachel Krepke, Mr. or Mrs. G is the other names we go by (laughs) for the kiddos, of course. So, and the adults too. But, but. Or, or wherever you're at, do the research and find a church. Do not find neglect. an open church. Because quite frankly, in here, I'm just going to say it. And this do is it. the offensive part. Go for it. If your church is closed, you're at the wrong church. Period. I agree. Mic drop. I, Seriously. Totally. And I find it horrendous to the faith that you're closing on, not just the day when more lost people come in, but how do you encourage your own congregation in the love of Christ if you're not there? I question your faith. If you agree with your church closed and you are, agree with that, you need to question your own faith right now. And I'm not trying to judge you. God will do that just fine. But I can't judge righteously, by the way. So don't get on that fallacy that we're not allowed to judge people. That's a whole other side. Bar. If your church is closed, reconsider the church you belong to, period. There is no ands, ifs, ors, buts, all those things you or said. Or like what you row boat. Row, row, row your boat gently okay. down the stream. I want to add to that a thought that I was having. So your church, if your church is closed, I want you to think about why your church is closed. I want you to be taking an introspective look at what you yourself might believe. 
Also, I want to encourage you parents, because I've heard several parents already tell me this, both in and outside of our own church. I would love to see my kids open presents on Christmas morning. Let me tell you what. It is more important that your kids see you glorifying the Lord than the presence under the tree. It is more important for your kids to see who is first and who is given priority over anything else because kids are watching, your spouse is watching, your family is watching, the world is watching, and where our priorities lie says everything about what you and believe And if you're in. opening presents, and especially if your church is open and, and you, you decide go. that opening presents is more important, you need to question yourself. You need to take a deep look into your faith. Where is your allegiance? And I'm sorry, and what, what's the nice word of getting people's attention with God's stuff? I'm not sure what you're thinking. Not of. offensive. I'm not offending them, but I'm convicting them. That's convicting the word them. I'm looking sorry. for. So I hope to convict you, and I'm not anybody, right? I'm not any better than you. That's not what I'm saying. My church isn't any better than yours, necessarily. But I can say my church will be open on Christmas Day. And we'll be there. And that is the truth from God through biblical word. It should be open. Yes. We should be together, yes. period. That's not for me. No. That's not for my pastor. That's not from you, Rachel. That is from it's the from word the of God. Mm -hmm. The instruction manual. Read it. Seriously. I know you yes. might be a guy and not read the instructions, but that <laughs> one you should read. We all should. Yes. And so I also just want to encourage you to maybe you've already thought about this and thought, oh, we're going to stay home. We're not going to go to church. I want you to prayerfully consider why you're making that decision and think about what everyone else is looking at. And if as Christians, our faith should be on display, what are you displaying in that decision? Absolutely. I do want to mic drop, but at the same time, I I really want to keep talking about this. And there's one more point I want to make real quick. And that's, I don't want you to feel bad. Let's say you've already planned your vacation or something like that. Go on vacation. But guess what? When you're on vacation, try to find a church that's open, right? Go worship together with other believers. You can do that. I guarantee there's a church around. No matter where you go on vacation, you can find a church because God's people are everywhere. Right. And let me tell you, they're open on Christmas Day. It's worthwhile stepping into. And let's say you can't find an actual physical church building somewhere. Come together with other believers, right? Yeah. Because the church doesn't need to be that building. It doesn't need no. to be that organization. They met in houses, you know, right? I mean, yep. come on. And, that, yeah. and that's what we did at COVID when mm -hmm. our church closed, which I seriously questioned my church <laughs> at that point. I did. Right. And I understand, but now, like going forward, like we see why it's important to us and what God has convicted us of through that. So we opened our house because I, I felt that that was and important guess what? that we met. And together. that was church. And it was awesome. And it was us and one other person, right? One other church member. Right. And that was church. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's okay. We're two or more gathered. And guess what? We there. still worship. And it wasn't the same, though. It really wasn't no. because but it, it was good. It was just different. There is power in numbers mm -hmm. with all those other people. I hope. I seriously hope there is no more parking. There is nowhere else for anybody to sit. I want people to be standing. In the I back. want people to stand. I want us to have to broadcast speakers out in the lobby. <laughs> Let's outside. do it. Outside. Yes. Let's pack our church. So Merriam Christian Chapel, Albion, Indiana. A-L-B-I-O-N. Albion. There you go. Merriam. M-E-R-R-I-A-M. Find it. Come. We welcome you. Please. Arms wide open. Everybody, everybody that hears this, 
come in. Our pastor's great. Pastor John. He's awesome. He's and, amazing. He's and, really good. And it's all about Jesus. And it's, it's about not the word. about our pastor. It's no. not about our church. It's, it's about, about the Christ truth. and the truth. The one truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. There's not your truth. There's not my truth. There's the truth. Amen. With that, this has been One Size Fits All. Doesn't fit either one of us. Nope. I'm Chris. I'm Rachel. See ya. 